it's 6 Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific. To give up our own oil and gas and buy the energy that we need from countries that hate us. So those countries that hate us will have more money to buy weapons to try to kill us. Coast to coast and around the world from the America Out Loud Talk Radio Studios. Now, I, I realize you can't fix stupid, but you can vote it out. It's time for Truth Be Told with Booker Scott. Well, it appears we all made it through the weekend, and welcome to a Monday here on the program. My name is Booker Scott, and this is The Truth Be Told. Coming up in this hour, we're going to have a conversation with Matt Palumbo. It is Mondays with Matt. He's coming up in just a few minutes. We'll get into a conversation about SCOTUS here in Colorado. We'll hear about Hawaii's assault on the Second Amendment. And we'll also have a conversation about Joe Biden's press conference. That story continues, even though though it was Thursday night. Who could forget it? And that stays in the news cycle here as we continue. Uh, This hour is brought to you by Gold Co., I've partnered with Gold Co. to give you an opportunity to diversify some of your savings. It may be right for you. All you have to do is go to BookerLikesGold.com to see if it would be a good fit for you. That's BookerLikesGold.com. Also in this hour, we're going to have a conversation with Diego Rivera, and he's doing something very interesting for the National Guard. And you'll want to hear this. That's coming up in the third segment here in this hour. Over the weekend, there was one night I was having a difficult time falling asleep, and I really started thinking about the Puritans for some reason. I know, I think think of weird things when I can't sleep, but I think they have an interesting story, and I think the history, the American history of the Puritans is probably forgotten, and maybe that's on purpose, but maybe it shouldn't be forgotten. Maybe we should remember it. And and that prompted me to really start thinking about it, researching about it, and eventually writing about it. If you want to read what I wrote, it is the article that is associated with this in a podcast. What I called this was Proudly Puritan. And maybe the most important American Puritan story took place before they ever landed on the New World's shores. Before here, before America... Uh, Puritans left England for Holland in 1609. They believed that the Church of England, that they were corrupt and they weren't grounded in biblical principles. And the Puritans migrated to Holland so that they could worship freely as Christians. Well, things really didn't work out for them in Holland either. And after they didn't work out, some of these Puritans headed back to England. I'm not sure What happened to them? I I just don't know what happened to them. I didn't research into that. But I did research the other Puritans because the other ones, they set sail for America. And it was about a decade after the Pilgrims. And they landed and were greeted and accepted by the Pilgrims. And by the tens of thousands after that, Puritans continued to come into the New England area. They were fiercely tough people. They were independent and became upset over taxes on tea. Remember that? Because it was Puritans in the Boston Harbor. It was a Puritan that warned us the British are coming. Paul Revere's father was a Puritan. They would not be held down by a tyrannical government. They came to this land, America, to worship freely. It hadn't worked in England. It didn't work in Holland, and they weren't leaving America. It was worth it to them to stand and fight for freedom. 
It was a Puritan that was the first American to denounce slavery and advocated to abolish slavery. The first voice of abolition, Puritan Samuel Sewell. He condemned slavery in his work, The Selling of Joseph, which was the first anti-slavery tract ever written in America. The pilgrims had welcomed the migrant Puritans because they were bound together and they assimilated in the word of God. Offspring from the original Puritans paid the ultimate sacrifice on battlefields around the world so America could be free to choose alternative thought and lifestyles to protect their right to choose is why the Puritans died. Even when beliefs and convictions didn't align with the Puritans, they understood individual freedom and liberty was greater than a tyrannical government. But when others' rights infringe on my ability to live free, the Puritan in me bows up a little bit. And when their rights disrupts our children's and our grandchildren's lives, the Puritan in me says, that's about enough. And finally, when their rights infringe, scoffs at, and makes fun of or keeps me from worshiping the one thing that bound us together from the very beginning, I say that's enough. One nation under God. There are a few things we know from this history. Don't mess with the Puritans' right to worship. Don't mess with their children. And don't mess with their sweet iced tea. It's a history that should be shared, not forgotten. Be proud of your Puritan history. I am proudly Puritan. And of course, I couldn't tell all the good things without telling some bad things on the Puritans. Because this is the part of the history that is continued to be told. Not all that stuff that I just told you. Not, not from that story. Not that history. That is not told. But the history that's told is the Salem Witch Trials. And it would be hypocritical of me not to mention the Salem Witch Trials when talking about the Puritans. But I do find it interesting that the Pilgrims and the Puritans were bound together in the Word of God. No world or American historian would ever tell you that America was not founded on Judeo-Christian principles. Everything in our Justice Department comes from the Puritans, and equal justice under the law tied back to things like the Ten Commandments. And where we are in this country right now, we need to know this history. This history should be taught and shared. So at least... When you go to AmericaOutloud.news, find this article. You can go to the Truth Be Told show page, and it will be right there. Read the article. Share the article. Share this truth of American history. We shouldn't lose it. But it does seem like we have lost our ability to have equal justice under the law. It seems like there's a two-tier justice system. Donald Trump is persecuted and prosecuted. Joe Biden does the same things. And Special Prosecutor Robert Hur, he comes out with a report, not an indictment. I talked about this on the show the other night, but I think it's worth bringing back up because it's, it's staying in the news cycle. I mentioned that a few minutes ago. What is staying in the news cycle is the spin coming from the left and the Democrats. Just like everything else, it seems so coordinated. The communication is absolutely coordinated. You can always tell by the words or word that they continue to use over and over and over again. 
all these different people go out on the Sunday shows and they keep saying the same thing over and over and over again. If you go back to January 6, 2021, the insurrection, who said insurrection hours after it? And then who repeated it over and over and over again? There were talking points given out. This is called an insurrection. So everybody repeated, this is an insurrection. We see that a lot. We're seeing it again right now with the special prosecutor, Robert Hur's report, where it said that Joe Biden willfully took classified documents. He held them. He stored them for years. He was the vice president. He didn't have authority to do that, or he was a senator. Also, he did not have the authority to do that. If he were a president, then there could be a possibility that he could have the right to have those classified documents. Of course, he would have had the authority to declassify every bit of them. But that's not the case here because we're dealing with either a senator or we're dealing with the vice president. And neither one of those people in office would have the power to take classified documents. So he's either guilty or he's not. You either charge him or you don't. They decided not to charge him, but her said he didn't charge him because he wasn't basically competent to stand trial. And that got the left coming up with their new word that they are continually using. And that word is gratuitous. Let's listen. So the way that the president's demeanor in that report was characterized could not be more wrong on the facts and clearly politically motivated. Gratuitous. And the definition for gratuitous, just so you'll know, it means without cause or unnecessary meaning that Robert Hur had no cause and it wasn't necessary to say that he is not pressing charges because Joe Biden isn't competent. That's what they're saying is gratuitous. So I find that interesting. Here is Congressman Ro Khanna. Ro Khanna is a Democrat, but he does have a tendency to work with people like Matt Gates on some legislation. Here he is on CNN. I do think the special counsel's gratuitous Mention. So are you hearing? You're picking up on the word? <laughs> there are a lot of these. I think it's fun. Let's keep listening. Here is DHS Secretary Mayorkas, Alejandro Mayorkas, the one that lies under oath, the one that will have another vote for impeachment. Here he is. And funny, he got the same memo. Use the word gratuitous when you go on national TV. The responsibility of a federal prosecutor is to investigate and learn the facts and apply the law to those facts. The prosecutor did this. The, the special counsel did this in the case, made a conclusion that there is no case, case closed, then made gratuitous unnecessary and inaccurate personal remarks, and those are improper. I think it's kind of funny and telling that a couple of these will say the word gratuitous and then also back-to-back say exactly what gratuitous means. Gratuitous. It's inaccurate. I I find that interesting. Uh, Now let's go to ABC This Week from Sunday morning. Former U.S. Attorney of the Southern District of New York, Preet Bharara, Here he is. And I think the vast majority of legal experts agree with me on this, is gratuitous, superfluous statements about his memory, not as it relates to the particular case or the facts relating to the handling of the classified documents. The attorney on Donald Trump's impeachment was Dan Goldman. He's a Democrat operative, and now he is a congressman from New York. He's one of my favorites, and that is complete sarcasm. Uh, you, You know if you listen to this show much, or my old show, I can't stand Dan Goldman. 
This is from MSNBC. Evidence does not meet the charges. That is completely gratuitous and completely unnecessary. Now let's go to CNN, and this is Sunday's News Central. Another talking head. Let's see what he says. The past 24 hours, I called my fellow ethicists, people who deal with this every day, all over the country. What do you think? I called the Bush ethics czar. And we've come to the view, you know what, there's a few lines in here that are gratuitous digs. If you remember the name Andrew Weissman, attorney Andrew Weissman, he was part of the Mueller investigation and the Mueller report. He is always behind the scenes wherever the Democrats are operating. Andrew Weissman was on MSNBC and he had the word. To talk about your memory today, irrelevant. Um, It is gratuitous. Um, and it is also exactly what you're not supposed to do, which is putting your thumb on the scale that could have political repercussions. And isn't that rich? <laughs> Tipping the scales of justice. Are you serious? Is Andrew Weissman serious with that? Let's go back through history. Let's go back. What, what about Benghazi? What about Hillary Clinton's server? What about her Blackberries? What about all of the laptops? She crushed them. Now we're getting a lecture on tipping the scales of justice when we have Joe Biden taking classified documents, putting them in his house, putting them in his car, in his Corvette, in his garage. For whatever reason, we don't know how long he's had them. We don't know why he took them. Nobody knows those things. But he took them as a senator and a vice president, not a former president. Donald Trump does the same thing. What happens 91 indictments. But Andrew Weissman wants to lecture us on tipping the scales of justice. Isn't that hypocrisy? And speaking of hypocrisy, Jamie Raskin is always a good one to look at when it comes to hypocrisy. But he also got the memo on gratuitous. And they're not bringing any criminal charges against him. He did take some gratuitous slaps at uh, Joe Biden because of his age and a lot of these kind of age discriminatory and age insulting remarks are getting rather tiresome. So you get the picture. It goes on and on and on with the word gratuitous. So the memo went out and they went running to all the Sunday shows over the weekend and the spin continues into Monday. Peter Ducey was in a press conference last week and he asked the black lesbian immigrant I think this is what it's all about. It is for me and probably for you. You heard there that Jamie Raskin said it's kind of getting old and tiring. All these questions about Joe Biden's age. Well, he's 81 years old. He can't complete a sentence. He doesn't know who the leaders of countries are. I think it is our business to know whether he is capable of running the country and if he actually is running the country. Here's Fox News' Peter Ducey. Thank you, Green. If the special counsel says President Biden's got significant limitations on his memory, then who is helping him run the country? The president of the United States runs the country. The commander-in-chief runs the country. How can he be trusted with the nuclear codes if... I I get that you're saying that uh, nobody in the building would say that he's got an issue with his memory. But just the little part of what we get to see... He's made mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake on camera this week. So I want to be very clear here. Um, The reality is 
that report, that part of the report, does not live in reality. It just doesn't. So the special counsel it is, is it, lying it is, about the president's memory. It is, it is, it was gratuitous. You heard from my, you heard from Ian. It was gratuitous. But it is a real question there that Peter Ducey asks, and I know it's one that's on your mind because it's on my mind, and it should be. But there's the word gratuitous. I want to move on now before we get to this break. Uh, Senator John Kennedy was questioning Secretary Yellen. And I did a show the other night, and I went through all of these additional costs that, it, that we're having to pay because of Bidenomics. Inflation is up 18%. We're paying 18% more for things now on average than we did in 2020. That is a fact. That is the truth. This is the truth be told. Let me tell you, that is the fact. Even though inflation is 3 or 4% now, it is still over 18% in actual cost to us, the American people. Senator Kennedy was questioning Janet Yellen along these lines, and I found it interesting. These high prices caused by Bidenomics are here to stay, aren't they? Well, the high, high prices were not caused by Bidenomics. Um, we suffered a pandemic that resulted in severe dislocations. Yes, ma'am, but if I could ask you, they're here to stay, aren't they? I don't expect the level of prices to go down, but the rate of inflation... So they're here to stay? Well, some prices will be higher than they were before the pandemic and will stay higher, but wages have risen considerably. I don't remember whose voice she reminds me of, but she reminds me of someone's voice from the 60s or 70s sitcom. Do you hear that when she's talking? But Senator Kennedy is not going to let her off that easy. Because, yeah, wages have gone up some, but have they gone up enough to cover 18, 20, 24 percent in some cases? Here's Senator John Kennedy again. You don't get a pay raise, you're screwed. I mean, here's what there's a difference between disinflation and deflation. Y'all talk about disinflation, which I'm, I'm happy to have. Disinflation means inflation is going down. It means prices are rising less rapidly than they were. But that's a far cry from deflation, which means, which means the level of these high prices caused, caused by Bidenomics are, are here to stay. Here's what Jay Powell just said on February 4th. He said he was asked the question, Inflation is one thing. Prices are another. And I wonder if there's any reason to believe that people will see the prices of things decline. And here's what Chairman Powell said. So the prices of some things will decline. Others will go up. But we don't expect to see a decline in the overall price level. That doesn't tend to happen in economies except in very negative circumstances. He's talking about a recession. It'll well, take a recession to get these prices down. More. Well, we don't have to get the prices down because wages wages are going up, and um, a a metric that is worth knowing is that the median American house worker but, but let me um, stop is you able I'm get cut to buy. You don't think we need to get these prices down? You think it's okay that bacon's up twenty percent under President Biden? Chicken's up 23.5%. Coffee's up 30%. Gas is up 44%. New cars and trucks are up 20% because people can't afford it. That's used cars because people can't afford a new car. It, they're up 24% under Bidenomics. You don't think we need to get these prices? Wait, wages are also up 
and wages are up. They're not more. up twenty four percent. They're not well, up twenty seven well, percent. They're not up twenty three. They're not well, what, up thirty one. I'm, I'm sorry, but what is people are really getting what, good at barely getting by? And sadly, that is the truth. We see the highest credit card delinquencies. We see the highest credit card debt. We see the middle class is shrinking. The haves are getting more, and the have-nots are getting less. That's what we are living in in Bidenomics. It's going to be a huge kitchen table item coming up in the 2024 election. With everything going on right now, it's hard to say what could happen or what will happen because we don't know anything for sure, ever. And we usually don't find out until it's too late. So what you do about it is completely up to you. It's your business. But when it comes to your money, you should understand what's at stake. So that's why I partnered with GoldCo, because I know this can possibly help you. So go to BookerLikesGold.com to get your free gold and silver kit, which shows you how to get into precious metals, tax-free and penalty-free, even if your money's still in a retirement account, like an IRA or a 401k. And you may already qualify to get up to $10,000 in free, I said free, free silver. You've seen the writing on the wall. Go to BookerLikesGold.com to get your free gold and silver kit. Because this is about taking back control of our privacy and our freedom. I can't predict the future. But I can prepare for it. And you should too. At the very least, you should be educated on your choices. So take action. Defend your freedom, your privacy, and your future. Go to BookerLikesGold.com to get your free 2024 gold and silver kit right now. Mondays with Matt. Matt Palumbo. He's on deck. He's next. More truth in minutes with Booker Scott on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's Chief Medical Board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Don't forget every afternoon at 4 o'clock, it's Paul Engel and his great program of constitutional study. And before that, in the 3 o'clock hour, you can hear attorney Tom Renz. 
I am Booker Scott. This is The Truth Be Told, and it is a Monday, and that means Mondays with Matt. And I'm talking about Matt Palumbo. You can see him on Dagan and Duffy on Fox Business and on Fox News as a contributor as well, and I think also Newsmax. So uh, you can see him on television all the time, but you hear him on the radio right here every Monday. Matt, how was your weekend? Very good. I'm struggling to be to believe it's already been a week, but uh, uh, weekend's been. going well. <laughs> I'm uh, look at you know I um, been uh, trying to get back to the gym. I uh, I don't know what the heck I did to my leg, but I've been out of commission for a little while. But uh, no, everything's good besides uh, reacting to the week's uh, political insanity, I suppose. Well, that's what we want to do here. So I, I have a few stories that I thought were pretty big and are carrying over uh, in a twenty-four to forty-eight hour news cycles. Uh, so many of them fall away quickly, but I think the Biden press conference is one of those uh, SCOTUS and the hearing on Colorado, uh, whether they can take Trump off the ballot or not. And we'll spill into that with Hawaii and the decision against the Second Amendment. And then, of course, the Mayorkas impeachment vote uh, that didn't go the way of the Republicans. So uh, those are kind of the subjects we're going to get into. But let's start with that Biden press conference. We've had a few days now. What what are you left with? Well, I thought it was awesome because it was actually worse than an indictment. Um, it, you know, the thing about the if he was indicted, like they would, like with Trump, it's truly the case they're targeting him. But Biden would just copy that narrative and say, "Oh no, now they're targeting me," and everyone in MSNBC would believe it because they don't really have a choice but to. Right. Uh, but with the press conference, it was an absolute disaster. I mean, Paul Begala was was saying as much on CNN and. Even CNN, of all places, did a fact check of Biden's claims. Uh, they're Daniel Dale. I think, it, it, to my knowledge, was the first time he's ever actually fact checked Biden. But it, you know, it, it, you know, it would be naive to interpret that as wow, CNN is coming around. I, I think it's far more likely that a lot of people on the left want to position themselves or position, I don't know, the systems to replace Biden in yeah. some way. So, so I think that's what they're really getting at. Like, they're not turning on Biden just, you know, they're adopting right-wing values. It's only to further their own interests. Yeah, but, absolutely. But, yeah, it is, it is undeniably a catastrophe. But the only thing I could say on the other side would be, God, I hope people are paying attention because we lost to a vegetable in Pennsylvania. So, <laughs> so yeah, so it's just I'm, I'm hoping it has a much bigger impact, basically. I'm hoping independents see it and go, okay, we really can't have this in the White House. Um and I'm pretty sure didn't was that the press conference where you can yeah that was the one where he confused Egypt and Mexico correct and CC I, I know it, CC yeah, is yeah. is the president of Mexico now not Egypt yeah, yeah. Yeah. like I, I know it's cliche to say imagine if the parties were reversed <laughs> but imagine if the parties were reversed if that was George W Bush it would be months and months of that being the only thing attributed to the guy. And with Biden, they don't. Even, I would say they. I can't say they drop it instantly, but they don't pick it up at all. It's just I don't, like I, they. They don't emphasize any of that stuff. And this is the press conference where he goes out to exonerate himself to Correct. tell to tell everybody there's nothing wrong with my mind. By the way, yep. we're working with CC, the president of Mexico, down south, and so that that didn't help anything for Biden there. But when you look at the things that he did say and the things that Robert Hur said. And now what what everybody is running away with, we're hearing talk of the 25th Amendment. Is that is that a good thing in your mind politically? Uh, because if the cabinet got together and said, okay, he, he is not uh, worthy, he cannot handle this job, then Kamala Harris then becomes the vice president. And w- what are your thoughts on that? I actually wrote a headline about this a minute ago. I just wrote it up. It's 
value of Vice President Harris's role as impeachment insurance reaches all time high. Mm -hmm. So that that's pretty much it. it. It's no one wants Harris either. Um, there's this one stat I quote that people always laugh at, and it's 100 percent true that if you were to look at Dick Cheney's approval rating after shooting someone, it's significantly higher than Kamala Harris's <laughs> today. So so I'm just saying, like that you like, I don't know how you bounce back from that, to be honest. You you don't. And, yeah, and correct. You really don't. And another and another thing that popped into my head about this press conference was he has been president, Biden has been president now for three years. How many of these late evening press conferences have we ever seen? I, and right. I can't I can't recall one. So why is it that on this they chose to push him out and take questions from the media when when he never has? To me, it's almost like someone somewhere is saying, OK, Joe, go out there and show people what you've got so that yeah. they so that they can usher in whoever it is, Gavin Newsom, Michelle Obama, Kamala, whichever one. Yeah, I mean, it's ironic because they wouldn't have to do the pressers because they knew he could come off as senile. And then once there's a report saying he's senile, they're right. like, all right, now let's uh, try to <laughs> counteract that with the strategy we were using to hide it. Yeah, um, he had a yeah. lid. He had a lid literally 85, 90 percent of the time over three years at 9 a.m. <laughs> you know, he was rolling back into bed every yep. day for three years. Now let's push him out. The most important thing that's come out, let's push him out at five or six o'clock Eastern time <laughs> in the evening uh, when his meds have uh, slowed down. So you wonder what was behind that. Let's roll into the SCOTUS and the sure. hearing that took place with uh, Colorado. They were arguing that Colorado has the right to take Donald Trump off of that state's ballot. And there were some interesting arguments, and I love, I really love listening to the Supreme Court argue. And if, if you're listening to this right now on America Out Loud Talk Radio and you never have, please do that because you will hear that the questions and the arguments are very narrow. They aren't as broad as what maybe you think the Supreme Court is deciding on. But in this, we have a due process question, uh, whether uh, President Trump has not been uh, charged with insurrection. That's not what he's been indicted for. And he certainly hasn't been convicted of it. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is, do states have a right to literally take a national politician or candidate off the state's ballot? And I think those are the two arguments out of that. Yeah. I mean, I know these, I guess it was like, I think a hundred years ago when there's a socialist named Eugene Debs and he literally ran for president from jail. So if we let that guy in the ballot, I, I would say someone <laughs> who has been indicted but has not been charged, uh, you know, should be on it. And it just for, I mean, I, I know we all know this already, but none of these cases would have happened if Trump went back to private life. They, they are explicitly Correct. because he's running for president. So part of the, you know, the, it's a multi-pronged strategy. I mean, they want to bankrupt the guy, but then they also get the other effects such as states saying, Hey, this is an excuse to take you off the ballot. And it, I, I don't know. It, it just it shows their desperation. Um, like I, I, Van Jones was saying on CNN the other day, he was begging Biden to stay in his basement. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's how desperate are you when your strategy is make sure no one sees our candidate and then let's try to imprison and or bankrupt the other candidate. Like it doesn't exactly inspire confidence. And I don't think there's really any right-wing equivalent, despite how poli dirty politics can get. The only strategy that they can have and the only message they can have is that Donald Trump and MAGA extremists are dangerous and and then keep him in the basement, which they haven't done. I, I think that the court, the decision will come, I guess, on Friday the 16th. 
I, I don't believe the court is going to allow Colorado to keep someone off the ballot. And I'm going to say someone because uh, this decision and in, in, uh, by an in, in opinion by the court is something that's going to last for 50, 100, 150 yep. years. It's not just for Donald Trump. So I, I think they will, and I and, and, li, and, and it's really hard to listen to arguments in the Supreme Court and come away with thinking that you know what they're going to decide on, because I, I find that really interesting And in, when you hear a liberal justice asking questions that you think would be coming from the right, but they're really only yeah. setting up their opinion. Do you think uh, it could be 8-1, to 7-2, 9 to nothing? I, you know, I was reading, I mean, this is obviously just opinions of people I know, but I was seeing like a 72 um, mm-hmm. kind of estimate. Um, what's actually interesting was I, I had this thought the other day where I'm like, it's kind of weird. Like, why aren't most Supreme Court decisions so unanimous if yeah. they're all the most brilliant legal minds ever? And it turns out that a 9 to 0 ruling actually is the most common. Um, really? I which, didn't know. Which that. I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. But yeah, most of it's not political stuff. It's just you know sort of straight black and white you know, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. so yeah that i mean it would be cool if it went at nine to oh is my point but i think seven to two or i mean six to three i think would be the minimum yeah so, I, I do too yeah. I, I even see roberts on this one uh, again because it's not about donald trump and that's what people seem to forget especially well, right. on the left they want to use the laws for their time right now not thinking about what it can do in the future because it could be turned on them and for some reason, they, uh, for some reason, they were never never able to uh, put that in their calculus. The Hawaii Supreme Court ruled that they disagree with what the the Supreme Court said about the Second Amendment on concealed carry, and they unanimously decided that Hawaii could change that. And I don't know if you saw that coming out of Hawaii or not. Yeah, I think if, if the Supreme Court does say Trump can be removed from the ballot, we should just say we don't agree and uh, keep him on. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah he's, he's going to be on in Colorado. And then, of course, that brings in Maine also. Yeah, yeah. But no, my, my, my point being that, the, you know, they're just arbitrarily deciding when to ignore the Supreme Court. I think they're they're what was their phrasing? It, it's the values of Aloha or something is yeah. how they, they justified mm-hmm. gun control. So, yeah, it's. I was saying elsewhere, like it's a game of Calvin Bowl where you just make up the legal rules as you go. So, like when when Biden, for instance, wanted to push a federal vaccine mandate, knowing it was unconstitutional, he was also well aware of the fact that it's going to take at least a year to go through the court system. So, you can basically right. create whatever law you want and have it take effect for a certain time period until the the legal system intervenes and. You know, in this case, it's the same thing. They're literally just saying, oh, okay, we have to allow guns. Nah, I don't think so. Everything is just made up, and it's always in the favor of the left. And I think executive orders, regardless of what flavor of political party you are, have created a lot of that, too. Because whoever comes into office, they just sign with a pen, and then that becomes law until it works its way through the courts. Uh, so let's go to the impeachment of Mayorkas. Sure. That was disappointing uh, that the Republicans couldn't stay together on that one. It seems like for over a year that has been low-hanging fruit if the Republicans wanted to hold someone accountable. So why didn't they? Well, you know what? There are a lot of Republicans who, and I don't think the very large percentage of the party, but there are a lot who have donors that do benefit from mass immigration, illegal immigration, and I, I can't think of any names particular. Like I, I just think it's probably just a phenomenon that must happen. But there's always because of that in a thin, you know, when, when the balance of power is so close, yes. there will always be enough of those people to tank it. And 
you know, as disappointing as it was, that at least helps us identify who the rhinos are in this area, because unfortunately it was going to fail in the Senate regardless. So if they all, you know, I guess, you know, lied and voted in favor of it when they don't really believe it, we'd never know that they're, you know, flimsy on this issue. So at least we got some intel on our own party, I guess. But no, it's, it's still completely disappointing. Well, if you look south to the border right there in the district in Texas, you have Congressman Cuellar. And, you know, he is a pro-life guy. He's hard on the border. He's a Democrat. But when it comes down to it, he votes with the Democrats. And, yeah. and Republicans just don't have that about them, unfortunately. Yeah, that's what Dan always says. He's like, there are plenty of Republicans who act like Democrats. There are no Democrats who act like Republicans. No, even and, even the ones that are somewhat are moderate, like Quayar. Yeah, or even like, you know, the Christian cinema types kind of get stare- – like, I think wrongly categorized as centrist or yeah. you know even marginally center right compared to the average Democrat. But again, on, on there are certain key issues like abortion or something where they are going to vote with the party 100. percent And there are you know the best case scenario is we get like a liberal who happens to be pro business, but that's really the best we'd ever get from that side. So I guess Steve Scalise has had successful cancer treatment. He is coming back to the House. He is the majority leader in the House of Representatives, and they will bring another vote to oust or impeach Mayorkas. Does it pass this time? Well, I know Mike Gallagher is just announced his retirement, and he was one of the uh, one of the ones who voted against it. Yeah, there were four. Uh, there were four, and then I, I don't know if I misread something. I actually don't understand the procedure if there is one. Didn't one of them vote for it, but then say he was against it? I, yeah, I Ken, it was Ken, Ken Buck did that. It was a procedural thing with him. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, so we could, you know, we could in theory gain one back from the departure. Um, I, I don't, you know, it's just... I don't know if, we're, if when it fails in the Senate, is it going to be treated as, you know, it's a humiliating loss or is it going to be, well, the House, you know, majority in the House said they don't want them. And yes, you need two thirds. That's such a high burden or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, regardless, the, the thing is, and I know this is just political retribution, but after what they did for Trump, like we have to at least match that, even if it's. Kind of BS, but in this case, I don't think it is. Yeah, it isn't BS, but uh, totally we need some accountability. And uh, we we need some wins, quite frankly. And we need to know that people are fighting for us, and it doesn't ever seem like that from the Republicans. And I think that's the frustrating part for so many of us out here. Uh, Was there any other story that caught your attention last week that we didn't talk about here in this segment so far? The problem with the 24-hour news cycle is I feel like I forget 90% of what I read by the next day. Yeah, so maybe something will pop into my head. But no, I'm not thinking of anything. Uh, I mean, the, the funniest story of the week was just Biden confusing the French president and then Corrine Jean-Pierre was trying to act like, you know, when Peter Ducey asked, she didn't say he misspoke. She just shut down the question. Yeah. And then it was, either, it was either that night or the next day, Biden then talking about the same meeting and talked about meeting some dead German chancellor. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're it was we're just, in great shape. This week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're in great shape. And, you know, yeah, exactly. uh, uh, the, the uh, black woman gay uh, press secretary, uh, KJP, I, you know, you can say what you want to about her, but I wouldn't want her job, would you? Oh, hell, I would do it for one press conference for the story. But no, I would be tearing my hair out, stressed out of my mind. I don't know. Here's the thing. I respect the job. 
while also acknowledging she's terrible at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but who wouldn't be? I mean, you're oh, you're dodging you're dodging those questions like crazy every day. You have to learn to speak in a way where you cannot answer a question but talk for a minute. Well, she's done really well at that because that's what we've I, seen. I, I almost kind of want to learn how to do it. So if I'm ever on a show and I don't know what to say, I can just you know do it, pull a Jean Pierre. But uh, I think I'm not there I, yet. I think my wife has that that capability. She's she's pretty talented <laughs> with that. <laughs> Matt, she's also never wrong. Matt, no, absolutely, uh, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us. No, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Fiction becomes a religion Places where nothing is clear Sanity and reason just disappear Chairman, there are multiple members that could yield you time. I would ask that you... I will have you physically removed from this meeting if you don't stop. More truth in minutes on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. ASEA believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our redox-based products tap into reserves within you to power your personal well-being. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. When God, through his grace and mercy, gave us free will, the will of the people was to live freely. To that end, we fight for the liberty of all at a time when global tyranny threatens us as never before in mankind's history. This vision is manifest at AmericaOutloud.news, a site for all who cherish free will and freedom. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Make sure you go to AmericaOutloud.news because you will find a ton of content. There are podcasts. There are articles. There's also the shop where you can go and shop for incredible things with big discounts by using the promo code OUTLOUD. My name is Booker Scott, and this is The Truth Be Told. Thank you so much for joining us. Joining the conversation now is a guy who is uh, motivated by something you may not have heard about but yet it is making its way through general assemblies around the country. And it's so important for us to get active locally. 
And right now is the time to do that in general assemblies because in a couple of months, they're going to be closed down for the year. There's a small window of time where you can get things done, and then that state's assembly is shut down for the year, and you're going to have to wait six or seven more months before they come back into session. Going to introduce you now to Diego Rivera, and you can follow him on social media, by the way, X, Twitter, um, at diego for liberty And he is working on something with the National Guard. So, Diego, first, welcome to the program and kind of tell us a little bit about what this is all about. Yeah, so this is uh, by far the coolest thing I've ever been a part of, and I've been a part of a couple things. So uh, this is uh, legislation that says that without a formal declaration of war, as prescribed by the Constitution, that calls for Congress to formally declare war, that the states will... uh, withhold their National Guard from going into overseas active combat. So in the past, the National Guard had been used a lot in our foreign conflicts. And a lot of the foreign conflicts, especially over the last 25 years, there has been no declaration from Congress that we are in a war. And they simply are conflicts, but yet National Guard troops are being used around the world. Simply put, you're trying to get it passed where Congress has to say we are in a war before someone in the federal government can say we're going to take Alabama's National Guard and go put them in Iraq. Correct. And so it's true. And and you qualified it. So you said within the last 25 years, and I'd say that's right. Um, before that, you know, it was, it was preposterous to think of the National Guard going into overseas active combat. And also, it's been a dereliction of duty from Congress because they haven't declared war since 1942 against Romania, Bulgaria, and Hungary. And as a consequence, how many wars have we won yeah. since we stopped declaring wars? Well, and we have almost been in a continuous war for the last 20 to 25 years. Ever since uh, 9-11, it seems like we have been in a constant battle. An interesting thing I saw when I looked at your social media platform, uh, Twitter, X specifically, and I mentioned your handle on where people can find you, is how full your timeline was of all these different state cases. Are you the one organizing this? Tell us what that's like and how it works and what it looks like. Because I think it's so important, and and when it comes to election integrity and those types of things, we're kind of missing the boat because those are all state issues. And for some reason, we cannot put the pressure on state legislators to do something about it until it's too late. And uh, so what does that look like from a grassroots effort to have such success because you're, you're getting this done in a lot of states, aren't you? Yeah, so we're filed in about 30 states right now. Um, and it is the efforts of grassroots. Uh, you know, I wish that we could say that we were some big organization and that was our sole purpose and all this stuff, but it really is just a grassroots desire to get this done. And let me just say this as a qualifier to anybody that might, if you're hearing this in the sound of my voice and you've never gotten involved with grassroots before, I urge you to get involved. Let me also preface this by saying you're going to screw it up. (laughs) You're going to do things poorly. You're not going to know what to do. So it's better to get involved and figure out, okay, let me help someone first. Let me be a part of this. Find something you care about. Get involved. Learn what the process is. Go through the motions. Figure out how to do it right. Figure out the skills that it takes. And then from there, you can move on to your pet project. Um, But if you're hearing this for the first time and no one's ever told you to show up, show up because 
this really does take people, regular people, to make these sorts of changes. But again, yeah, we are uh, scheduled in about thirty states. And, and how how did the how did that process come about for you guys? Uh, because that's not easy. Uh, I, I think it's lost on people how difficult it is to organize in a way that it is in thirty different states' general assemblies. It's a, it's a difficult process to have that organization. How did it work for you guys? Oh, man. So first we started off. So Bringer Troops initially started off uh, with the intention of going to Congress where we had, uh, you know, just recently we had our fifth year anniversary. Um, but uh, the president, Dan McKnight, his purpose was to get together. And as veterans, we we're going to show up to D.C. and we we're going to tell them, hey, we want an end to these unconstitutional and endless wars. And they were going to go. Great point. And they were just going to end the wars. And, you know, I don't know if you know, that didn't work out. Uh, so from there, we focused on a bill that was written up by the 10th Amendment Center and has been championed um, by people like Pat McGeehan over in West Virginia. Um, it's a legislation, the legislation we're talking about. And from there, uh, the grassroots efforts behind this is, is tiresome because uh, I have to find uh, – Bill sponsors. I have to find people that are brave enough to put this forward that will take the arrows. I have to educate them on uh, what's in it. You know, I have to educate them on this because most people don't understand because for most state legislators, they've never thought about um, foreign policy. Most state legislators don't understand the Constitution. So you kind of have to educate these people that are willing to be educated, that are willing to fight for this. But even just, I, I just recently explained the process of what it would take from even just the filing to get it through a committee. Well, in order to get it to committee, we have to force leadership to assign it to a committee. After it gets assigned to a committee, we have to force them to, to hear it. After they hear it, we have to force them to vote on it. Then people think that that's the end. No, we also have to force them to pass it. Yeah. So it's a struggle every single cent of the way. And the problem is, is that the generals, the Pentagon, D.C., the establishment never fail to show up to bully the politicians and politicians go towards a path of least resistance. And so if the grassroots isn't there, but the generals are, the politicians will squish, they will bend and they will try to kill this bill. It is only when the grassroots shows up at every single step that I just articulated that we get this bill through. Diego, I think the points that you just brought up are so important in understanding the process of it's a civics lesson is what you just gave us really on how to get something passed in a legislator in a state. But now you mentioned that, are you doing this alone or do you have other people helping you? Because you mentioned having to reach out to first find the right type of state legislator that would take on your fight. So is this something you're doing alone or do you have a little bit of help here? Well, Bring Our Troops Home is three people, and we do do this with local on-the-ground activists. But as far as the organization, I I cover grassroots. There's a comms director, and then there's Dan, the president. Um, but it's uh, when I say we're grassroots, yeah, we're grassroots. Yeah. But, it, but it is really interesting to hear the steps in the process because you do have to find the right politician to take it on. And this goes for anything, if you're listening to this and you say, I want this to happen in my state, this is the process that you have to go through. So I think it's important to get active. And and like Diego said a few minutes ago, be a part of something before you jump in to take on whatever it is that you have in your mind that you want to take on. But again, you have to find that politician 
Then you have to get them to assign it in a committee. And then in the committee, you have to have a hearing. And then from the hearing, it would eventually, hopefully, uh, go for a vote. So those are all the steps, aren't they, Diego? Yes, it is. And let me just and so that people feel that I'm not coming to that. Like, if they think that it's impossible to ever get to the point that they can learn, I promise I'm not smarter than anybody that's listening to this. I'll give you a perfect example. I've knocked doors for candidates. The first time I ever knocked a door, I did it awkwardly. The person to open the door, I failed to articulate myself. I stammered. I stuttered. The person just closed the door on me, just slammed the door in my face. Now, I could get to the point just a few weeks later where I had people literally come open the door, pull a gun out on me, and I could turn that around and be like, I see you're a fan of the Second Amendment. You're going to love my candidate. <laughs> and by the end of that interaction, have their vote. So it, when I say just get involved, get involved, because if, if I can go from stuttering and stammering and just failing to use words at a door to turning a hostile interaction into a vote, you can too. It takes practice, no matter what we do in life, and this is another example of that. I think it's a great cause, what you're trying to do, and it really sounds like you've had success. There's only three of you in the organization. I want you to tell that organization again, but there's three of you, and you have legislation in 30 states. Are all 30 states going to be able to vote on that in this session, or is this also another part of the process that could go into next year and the year after? It's unlikely that all 30, uh, just because we have to figure out how to allocate resources as best as we can. And so, for example, I'll give you, uh, so in Missouri, in Missouri, it's been filed. So that's awesome on the bill champion. But also we have to now encourage leadership to assign it to a committee. We have to encourage the committee chairman to schedule it for a hearing. We have to then call the rest of the members of the committee uh, there to call them and uh, tell them that we want this heard, voted, and passed, right? Because sometimes they might hear it, but they won't vote on it because politicians don't like to yeah. actually put up, they, they don't like to go on record. And then, so if they do go on record, they're still gonna try to kill it, so they'll vote against it. So we have to urge them to go against their nat, 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 excuse me, natural inclination, which is to vote against it and then to actually do the right thing. So that's hard enough. And so we have to figure out where our fights are and with the limited resources that we have, we can't always do that as, you know, in every state equally. Um, some people just show up for a certain amount of fights. And if we had a bigger pool from which to organize the, these grassroots efforts, we could potentially do it. But it's just not possible with um, with what we have. So like in New Hampshire, we've passed the House and that took a large effort because that was endless amount of petitioning, endless amount of door knocking lit dropping, phone banking, calling the committees, educating them. They'd have a response. We'd have a, a response back. Some states say, look, the attorney general says it's unconstitutional. We'll have a constitutional scholar write them back and say, actually, no, the attorney general is completely wrong on this issue. And here's why. So it's not, it's not going to be equal at every state, but it also, depending on the state of which you're hearing this, your involvement changes how likely that is because maybe in your state it's not even filed, or maybe it's filed, but there's no one showing up to fight for it. And that political pressure makes all the difference in the world with politicians, because that that's all they, they count on your vote. And if you're the one calling them and complaining and wanting something to get passed, they're much more likely to hear you and listen to you. Uh, let's go back to Missouri real quick, because you mentioned uh, a timing on that. 
when does their session end in Missouri? Because it's it's usually what May or June, sometime in there, that most of these states shut down their assembly. So you have limited time every year that the assembly comes into session. Correct. So, uh, it, and I would say most states, by the time you get to May or June, they've already had signy die. So, uh, like late states, like North Carolina, would see an end towards uh, June. But most of them wrap up after three or four months. So by April, these guys are already back home. Diego, if you could tell everybody again the organization where they can go to find out what it is you guys are doing. And the the two other names that are involved with that. And then also tell everybody how they can follow you on social media. Kind of just tell everybody where they can find you guys. Sure. Uh, so the organization was founded by Dan McKnight. And you can find that at uh, bringourtroopshome.us. So that's a website. Our main project that we focus on is Defend the Guard legislation. So you can go to defendtheguard.us. And so we have a really good guy that puts all of this together, that does wonderful write-ups. He's our comms director, Hunter Dorensis. And uh, you can follow the Troops Home Social at at, uh, at Troops Home US. So if you follow that on uh, Twitter. And uh, for me, if you want to email me or find me, contact. I will help you throughout the process of doing this. I encourage you to help if this is something that you care about as well, because it's not just, again, about this issue is that you can, a lot of the skills that you'll learn, the tools that you'll use, you can apply that to your thing too. And you can start to watch your project grow as well. And so if you want to, um, I'm not big on social, but Diego for Liberty on, on, uh, the Twitter and uh, Diego at bringertroopshome.net. So I know the websites are .us, but for the email, it's .net. And so if you just type in D-I-E-G-O at bringertroopshome.net, you can do that. And if you don't have time, you're busy, you got a family, uh, maybe this seems a little bit too cumbersome. You can always donate because, like I said, we're grassroots, and that's uh, 107club.com. That's all spelled out. Diego Rivera is who you are listening to and, again, what they are trying to accomplish. And you've heard a civics lesson here on how you go about doing that. But what they are trying to accomplish is take away the ability of anyone in the federal government to send our National Guard troops overseas to fight a war that has not been declared a war by the Congress. And that's me just simplifying what they are trying to do, and they're trying to get this done through state legislatures across the country. So great great work, Diego. Good luck. We'll keep an eye on that. And thank you so much for joining the conversation. It's been my pleasure. And we'll keep an eye on Diego and that legislation as they try to get it passed across the country in different states. It's a tough job, but it sounds like they are doing great, great work there, and we'll keep an eye on that. I started this hour talking about the Puritans, and I said that I am proudly Puritan, and that's the truth. Coming up next, it's Unleashed, the political news hour. That's followed up by the National Security Hour, and then After Dark with Robin Andrew comes up at 9 o'clock. I'm Booker Scott. Thanks so much for joining us here. We'll do it again tomorrow night. And remember, you were told 2,000 years ago that you are the salt of the earth. And salt without flavor, it has no value. It's just thrown on the ground to be stepped on. So keep being salty. There is only one truth. You've been listening to The Truth Be Told with Booker Scott on America Out Loud. 